Hello, welcome to... I actually think the three seconds before we turn on the mic is the best, because then we're just, it's like every thought that comes to our mind, and we... Yeah. Oh, sorry. Neurotic Nourishment. Neurotic Nourishment, welcome to our podcast. Uh, We have Dr. Lindsay Wisner. Hello. And I am Sharon Sapir, nutritionist. She's a shrink. I am a shrink. Um, By the way, (laughs) both of us are too neurotic to listen to our own podcast. So, if you actually listen to this... Yes, and we're still surprised we have more than, like, two listens. We have, like, four. Yeah. Um, but if you do actually listen to this, could you let us know how our sound quality is? Yes, because we are considering getting a mic to be more profesh. I think two mics to be more profesh. Is it two mics, or is it going to be one that we just have to talk into, like... We can't do that. We can't do okay. that. It'll be too close. It'll be weird. Whatever. It might kiss you. You might kiss me. She <laughs> might kiss me anyway. Let's be honest. So, Sharon, <clears throat> take the lead. All right. Well, I thought let's discuss nighttime eating. And I thought this was an intervention. <laughs> <laughs> it's not an intervention, Lindsay. Um, I mean, Dr. Wisner. You can I call keep... me whatever. All right, Lindsay. Um, it's just a question that I get a lot. I get a lot of like, is it okay to eat at night? And I want to address this because I think that we've been told constantly, like, if you eat after seven o'clock, you'll gain weight. Totally. The science says no. Like, the overall answer is no. No to what? No, you won't gain weight. No, you won't. Like, a calorie really is a calorie. Now, in terms of the scale, if you eat late, the scale is probably going to be higher the next day. That's for a few reasons. A, you literally have more food in you, and food weighs something. It does. Yeah. Um, And also, you're storing, like, the water that comes from, like, the salt in that food. Right. Right? So over... So we process food out. We we pee out the water. So that has to be processed, right? Yeah. All that liquid. And then I think we also... This makes me sound not professional, but we breathe out. I know when we burn fat, when we lose weight, we do breathe it out, too so there's something we breathe out fat yeah yeah it turns into like carbon dioxide we breathe it out that is super bizarre and confusing to me but i will look it up later we breathe it out yeah so if i breathe more will i burn more fat no (laughs) that depends on your calorie intake you have to be in a calorie deficit yes what's a calorie deficit you would know by now Lindsay, because i talk about it nonstop. (laughs) what's a calorie deficit it is when you are burning more calories no i'm sorry it is when you eat fewer calories than it takes to maintain your weight yes awesome did i do good yes okay good such an a plus student yay yay um so i did see one interesting study about metabolism and nighttime eating yeah and what this one study and let me reiterate one study said was that one study does not a science make exactly um that when your um melatonin hits Right? Yeah, hits in like, what way? Like when your when body it, produces melatonin? Yeah, which okay. is when you get sleepy, which is usually yeah. around like 10 o'clock for most people. If you eat food, you will store slightly more of that food as fat. That's one study, and I can't imagine that it would actually make I'm also like, unclear a how they would be able to measure that. Yeah, right? So this is why when you hear of a study, you have to be very, very skeptical. Agreed. And you have to look for more studies saying the same thing. Agreed. But that's the only thing that I've ever read pointing to anything metabolic. And from what I remember, the results, it was like very trivial. It was like a very small difference. So 
So statistically significant, but not by enough. Exactly. Not in real life significance. Um, that is interesting. So I was trying to figure out when you came up with this great idea, because I think it is a great idea for a topic Thank and I you. think it's totally relevant. And then we can use the hashtag fit mom. True. Or strong those, as a mother. And those people are crazy. I love you. But they're like <laughs> that is a crazy Instagram devoted population. So, yes. so totally I'm into this. I love it. Um and uh but I was also trying to figure out because this is my thing, the psychology of night eating. So that's what I wanted to hit on. Okay, good. Awesome. So even though from a calorie metabolism perspective, a calorie is a calorie, yes, your weight might be up the next day, but it's not fat. Um, and so long-term, it should not affect you if you eat in the evening or not. The reason that I don't think it's a great idea to eat at night is because it seems like at night is when we get the most bored, anxious, tired, um, wanting to distract ourselves. True. So it's, so we're less likely to listen to our hunger cues. Exactly. It's, you're less likely to listen to your hunger cues. You've probably eaten enough calories during the day too. So anything that you eat is now extra on top of it. I agree. And also I will speak for myself because I am like a professional eater fucker upper. Is that a thing? Okay. You know what I mean. You know. Um, Sharon knows. She sees (laughs) my calorie logs. Um, I will say there is something about um, nighttime eating that is, and I'll tell you the possible, one possible psychological explanation. But first, let me just say, so I'm a huge fan of soft shell crabs. It's like my fave. Mm. And um, I went to find them the other day and... I haven't had them all season, all soft shell crab season. And the place only had fried soft shell crab. And I'm not a huge fan of fried soft shell crab, but I wanted some goddamn soft shell crab. So I brought it, brought it home to make it for my, um, to make it, whatever it was cooked there, right? You know, to heat it up for my family for dinner. And we ended up doing something else. And um, th- my plan was to start again, you know, mm-hmm. No carbs, which I know you hate also, whatever, but like all healthy because it's parameters, it's calories, not carbs that are bad. No, I got it. Nonetheless, <laughs> um, this is always Lindsay's like nighttime plan to start the next day. And so I literally thought about eating all of the soft shell crabs. <laughs> there were only four of them, but still, okay. I thought, you know what? I should go eat them all now so I don't eat them in the morning. That's a very common way of thinking. Is like, I will take care of it now yeah. because then it's not going to be there and tempt me later. Yeah. And I can just start fresh tomorrow. Right. But tomorrow it's going to be like something else right. that you need to get rid of and start fresh. It's, it's I like, did not, by the way. I'm so proud of you. Yeah. I'm so Especially proud of you. Especially because I don't even really, I don't like fried soft shell crabs. Right. So I would have just been eating it. Right. So I don't I don't know. Like it was like a weird But it's so common. Yeah. It's like when there's food in front of us that we don't really want to be in front of us, our inclination is like, let's just eat it because then it'll disappear and we won't have to think about this and we won't have to have this internal struggle. Uh, yeah, and I had to laugh because this was <laughs> last night and we were doing this podcast today. So I was like, Oh it's okay, we're human. Like you think I haven't eaten at night, I haven't just been like oh I'm totally not hungry but I'm you know like I feel like eating right now and then after eat it'll be like wow I just ate 500 calories that I didn't need to eat 
I mean, I'm human. It's happened to me. Five hundred amateur. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm sure I've I've gone over that, but most of the time, I really tried. I think that's the difference between me now and me five pounds ago. Really, is just the nighttime aspect Interesting. of it. Yeah, and. Was five pounds a ton? No, but it was just that's what was holding me back. Interesting. Because yeah, and now I, you get used to you get used to not having your stomach really full at night. Yeah. I think a lot of people too. That it's a habit now. Their habit is they won't they don't go to sleep until their stomach is like really full. It's interesting. I don't feel comfortable with my stomach really full okay. or full. But 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 nonetheless, there is some psychology to uh-huh. that. Um, you know, I was, again, I was trying to figure out what I was going to contribute to this besides a poor example of what's, you know, what not to do. Or a good example I of what not to do. I just contributed a good example of what not to do, so. True-ish, whatever. Love um, yourself, love yourself. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, and so I, I, was, um, I was thinking about the psychology of, uh, well, a bunch of different things. One is Melanie Klein, she was an object relationship relationist relationshipist doesn't matter your confused face isn't helping at all um but anyways one of her one of the things melanie klein is known for you know what i may have fucked up that object relation but it doesn't matter because no 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 just go with it okay fine so melanie klein was an awesome blah 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 um i don't i don't really like agree with a lot of her theories but nonetheless um she's slightly more modern than freud anyways she um she believed that as um, infants, we're not able to integrate like the good and bad of our primary caregiver, namely our mother. Um, and so we view things as the term is called splitting, and it's either good breast or bad breast. And essentially, that's if the infant suckles, suckles, I haven't used that, who uses that word? Anyways, if the infant suckles the, um, uh, it's like an art therapy word. Anyways, the um, in the mom's breast and milk comes out. Mom is good because mom has provided warmth filled tummy, etc. And if no milk comes out or something bad happens, I don't know what bad. They choke happen. accidentally. They choke. Too thank much you. Too cough. Much milk, right. Too much like milk. Gas. Then they like... gas. Thank you. You're amazing. <laughs> then they view the mother as um, bad or bad breast. And so um, we are, the idea would be food during the day we, we view as good. Uh-huh. And then when nighttime comes, and if we mess something up, we're like, yeah. oh, fuck it, it's all bad. Uh, and then we eat everything in sight. That makes a lot of sense because so many of us are brainwashed into like, it's bad to eat at night. Yeah. So then if you even start, you're like, I'm doing something bad. I might as well do all bad. Do all bad because now you're being bad. Tomorrow you will be good. good. Right. And that's really not good. <laughs> right. And, right. And Melanie Klein believed that this is how people end up um, uh, paranoid schizoid, which the exact definition is irrelevant. It's and escaping me, but needless to say, that's not good. That's how that people end up fucked up when they view things as all good or all bad. So if you have a black and white mentality, you might end up a paranoid schizophrenic too. Yeah. That's not what we're saying. No, and it's also all not right. a schizophrenic. It's paranoid schizoid, which is oh, just that's a... that's different? Fuck it. Yeah. This is why I'm not a psychologist. It's okay. It's okay. a fucked up thinking, but... Um, oh, it's a fucked up thinking. It's not a mental illness. It is a mental illness. Okay, I'm confused. Okay, it doesn't matter. Right. Point is, don't be paranoid schizoid. Don't, about right. food or anything else, don't be all or none. Right. But so here's the thing. I was thinking about um, late night eating 
as almost like a binge eating mm. because it does, if you're viewing it as all or none, then you end up binging. Right. And it ends up, it ends it creates a bad cycle because usually if you binge at night, you're not hungry in the morning. You don't want to eat in the morning. You are feeling like garbage. Okay. Um, like most people who binge at night won't wake up and have like a hearty, healthy breakfast because they're fucking still like digesting. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, and they feel gross. So then they might put off eating till much later, but get overly hungry. And then it sets up kind of like another late eating Cycle. So are we not into the intermittent fasting thing? No, intermittent fasting is fine, but intermittent fasting doesn't work if your calories are right. over. And it's easy to, if you if you skew your intermittent fasting hours towards the evening and you're prone to eat more during the evening because you have this black and white mentality, then you're easily overdoing it in the evening. So it doesn't matter if you eat all your calories in six hours if you're eating 5,000 calories. So there's the thing about intermittent fasting, burning fat. No, it's not a really superior. Listen, it's shown that, yes, it can possibly help your insulin sensitivity over the long run. It it can help those little factors. But you what intermittent fasting does is it helps to limit your calorie intake because you feel full and it gives you a very structured window of eating. So if it's from 12 to 8, well, you're not eating at 9 and 10. You're done by 8. True. The reason it didn't work for me is because I must have, like, shtetl genes from, like, Poland, where, like, <laughs> my ancestors must have been hungry, and I start to panic at, like, 7.55 that I won't be able to eat until noon the next day, and I'll start shoving my mouth like I'm, like, like a competitive eater. Really? Yes. <laughs> Those are my shtetl genes. <laughs> so, so it didn't work for me, because I just ended up eating way too much out of fear of impending... That is pretty funny. Yeah, starvation. Um, doesn't work for everyone. It works for some people. It doesn't work for others. For some people, it gives them that structure they need to say, eat at this time, don't eat at this time. So that automatically cuts down how much they're eating, which is why they lose weight. Interesting. When you cut down on how much you're eating, you lose weight. So it's not the nighttime eating. Yeah, right. Right. The nighttime eating. But that is a good point. Like, mm. if Also, it makes you want to kill someone. Well, it depends. Some people do very well with it. Inter- I, I always say everyone should try like everything and see what sticks, see what works for them. Crack? When I say everything, I mean <laughs> um, different dieting styles or I mean, you could do calorie. Like I'm a huge proponent of calorie counting because it's the most flexible way of I know, eating. No, but then it just makes, it creates anxiety for me. So if it creates anxiety for you, then you need different parameters. You might need low-carb and intermittent fasting together because low-carb helps you control like how hungry you are and then the intermittent fasting gives you hard windows so that cuts down interesting on how much you're eating yes you know um while i was doing research before you came you researched this shit i researched melanie klein so proud of you (laughs) well i want to say things intelligently ish so i was researching melanie klein and then i was also curious um i refreshed myself on attachment disorder Hmm. i know it's weird right so this is not to say that if you eat at night you have an attachment disorder um and i did decide i'm going to do a posting and or video on instagram later today after i put on makeup what's your instagram oh right at psych shrink mom 
I almost reached 300 followers, <gasps> and then all the robots unfollowed me. Oh, don't you hear when the robots unfollow you? I'm like, off. I fucking lost like 50 followers, and then I see who they are, and I'm like, they're all robots. I know, but, but then they follow again, and I'm like, no, motherfucker. Well, you know what it is? The Instagram does a cleaning of robots. Instagram hates the bots, oh. so they like wipe them out, and then they come back. So when you lose a ton of people, it's usually you're losing fake people. You're not losing real people. I know, but I'm from using, losing five. I'm almost at 300, damn it. I mean, but what does that mean? Like, I don't know. Right. It really means nothing. It I, means I, nothing. No, but I saw someone posted, I'm so happy I just hit 250 followers. And I was like, oh, They're really? celebrating 250 followers. Listen, I don't know, dude. This is a whole new I world. I get it when people celebrate like 300,000 and they have the bal- picture of themselves with the balloons and the cake. And they, I'm like, yeah, bitch, you just got 300,000. Like, that's really freaking impressive. Yeah, like, what are you doing? Showing your titties? But Oh, that would be good, though. I know. I bet if you showed your titties, you'd get more. <laughs> yeah, that's what my husband said. But, uh, yeah, not doing that. <laughs> no, um, no, I don't think he'd like it. I don't, think, I don't think he would actually like it. I think it was just one of those flippant comments. Gotta love husbands. Gotta love them. Um, so my, uh, but so my, there is actually, so attachment disorder is, you know, succinctly, um, the relationship with your caregiver again. I mean, it's always mom's fucking fault, but you know, that's why we had children. So we could feel the so true can, pain that comes with your child yeah. telling you that you fucked them up. Exactly. <laughs> um, but it's just like taxes. It's inevitable. Anyways. Um, so there's, uh, a bunch of different types of attachment, but. The idea behind this, there's a belief about attachment theory and binge eating um, and other eating disorders is that, once again, the first way that, um, you know, there's something about nurturing and food and, you know, the mother provides food for the child and survival. And I, I, yes, the father too, yada, yada. But, you know, this is ancient theory. So, Um, so the mother provides food for the child and that's how the mother shows love. And in a um, secure attachment, the mother provides food when the child is hungry and consistently on a regular basis. And with a mother who is erratic or unpredictable, um, the child develops an unhealthy, it's a insecure attachment for the purpose. So of like food insecurity, essentially. Right. And, um, people that binge eat and, or engage in other eating disorders, like modern theory, mo- modern psychological theory is that, um, eating disorders are about control and which makes sense, you know, trying to control uh, something in your environment that's, um, out of control, but not relates to parents but psychoanalytic theory blames everything on the parents and the idea there would be that um the um if you had an insecure attachment like if your parents fucked you up you may have a fucked up relationship with food and therefore you try to not need food during the day um i'm adding the during the day portion but you try to not need food and not need love and not need that nourishing, hmm. nurturing, nourishment. Right. Um, and then at night, you can't help it. Of course, because your your body yeah. is is wired to eat because for survival. For survival. Right? Right. And then you start feeling totally out of control um, and you keep feeding in order to make yourself feel better. And then, you know, of course, the problem with binge eating is that then they throw it up. Well, no, not I, everyone, I used obviously. to binge eat and not throw it up because okay. I have a fear of throwing up. So that worked <laughs> really good for me. So I didn't turn um, bulimic, but I used to binge eat quite often when I was very stressed out. And 
I wouldn't blame it on my parents, although who knows. Um, but do you? But do do we know what the technical definition of binge eating is? Like, no. is there an amount of calories? No, but I'll, I think it's eating past the point of fullness, like on purpose gotcha. and continuing to despite discomfort. It's like when you just you feel sick, but you keep eating. Well, so if we put a more modern spin on it. Um, Perhaps it isn't related to your parents, but, you know, you said you binge eat during stressful times. I did. So it's an attempt to nourish yourself. So that's what I wanted to say is from what I've been reading lately with binge eating is it's coming up as it's a way of trying to take care of yourself. It's a way of trying to nourish yourself in like an emotional way. Um, It's you're trying to you're trying to actually do something good for yourself. And it's like a different way of framing it. But I don't know how I feel about that. I think every binger in different situations, I think sometimes people punish themselves through binging, you know, when they feel like they've been bad and now it's time to get punished. And right. so they'll continue eating because that is a punishment to them. Right. It's, it's, it is self-injurious behavior. Yes, it is. Um, and then I, I think sometimes it is just trying to comfort yourself to the point of, Filling that hole. Yeah. It's a, it's filling a it's hole. It's filling a hole. It's filling a need. Right. Um, but I still tell people don't call not to call themselves emotional eaters. I'm so Really? Sick. You didn't see my post with me like shaking my head. Be like, do not call yourself an emotional eater. I am so against that. I am sure that I saw it, but now I will re see it. Yeah, go go look at it. <laughs> Sapir Nutrition. Your, <laughs> and what's your Instagram? At Sapir Nutrition, S-A-P-I-R Nutrition. Um, the, and, and it actually resonated with a lot of people. I was surprised how many people were like, oh, like I love thinking of it that way because think about it. If you call yourself an emotional eater, you are telling your brain something. Your brain is exceptionally powerful. I really believe in the power. I mean, they've proved, proven placebo effects are real. Yeah. Our mind is extremely powerful. We don't even realize how powerful it is. So when you actually voice or you think, I am an emotional eater, you're creating a self-fulfilling prophecy. I agree with you. And also, I think maybe we should do our next podcast on the labels we give ourselves. Love it. That's going to be our next podcast, next podcast. you guys. You, All right. you heard it here. Thank you, came you up for with listening. It. All right. Well, I guess we can wrap this up with... <laughs> you, oh, that was good. Right. You can eat at night. There's nothing wrong with it. Know that it is about calories. And so if you just think you fucked up and you keep eating, now you're creating damage. Whereas if you just ate something, it probably wouldn't do much. Agreed. That's that's what I want to leave you with. Sounds yeah, Nothing good. magical happens after 8 or 9 o'clock where you magically gain fat. You don't. No, no, no. I was trying to yeah. think about like a sex joke or like a, um, no, like, you know, nothing good ever happens after midnight oh, or right. something, but mm. you know, we don't stay up till midnight. So. No, we don't. We're old. I know. 10.30 is like my 10 cutoff time. I want to be asleep like 9.30. Yeah. We're old. Hope you guys aren't as old. <laughs> um, I hope you enjoyed listening. It's an erotic nourishment. And bye. bye. We should come up with a clever send-off. We, yeah, we're going to have a clever send-off next week. Yeah, totally. Okay. Okay. Bye. bye.